Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Listen, we aren't sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. Did you hear me? We're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. It's a depraved, sinful nature, just like a dog isn't a dog because he barks. A man can bark, and that doesn't make him a dog. Ladies, don't you say a word. All right? A dog barks, y'all come on, help me. A dog barks because it's in his nature. We sin because it's in our nature. And Jesus says, you must, I'll wait while you clap your hands. Thank you, Lord. Jesus says, you must be born again. You must have a new nature. You must experience the supernatural new birth. When Jesus says we must, that's not a suggestion. That's a command. You must. He's not saying your life will improve if you add this experience. Jesus is saying you must receive a new heart and a new nature. And if you don't, you will not see the kingdom of God. And because we are sinners and can do nothing to change that, God sent his Holy Spirit to convict us of sin. Then once we're convicted of our sin, the Holy Spirit draws men to salvation and regeneration happens. The new birth. Point number one, the Holy Spirit regenerates and saves man. Point number two, The Holy Spirit gives a new heart. Salvation, listen, is a sovereign act of God by his grace. Man is in need of complete spiritual overhaul, and God gives that. Man needs to be washed. He needs to be transformed. He needs to have his heart replaced with a new heart, his spirit replaced with a new spirit. If he's going to enter the kingdom of God, and that is a work of the Holy Spirit. Listen, God made your body amazing. Did you know that? Your body is amazing. And if something fails, we often have a backup in our bodies. For example, we have two lungs and two kidneys and two eyes and two ears. You try to get your kids to know that. You got two ears. Listen with both of them. And if one of those organs fail, you can function with just one of them, with just the other. But there are other organs that that you only have one of, and there's no backup. And without it, you're dead. We have one brain, most of us. We have one liver, amen. We have one heart, and if that heart stops beating, listen, you need a heart transplant. And it's impossible to add a new heart unless you get rid of the old heart. Well, when we decide to live for Jesus Christ, the Bible says God takes out the old heart and gives you a new heart, and he does that by his spirit. The Bible has a lot to say about a heart. Can you keep up with me? God knows your heart. God tries your heart. God searches your heart. God prepares the heart. God opens the heart. God strengthens the heart. God establishes the heart. 
And when you become a Christian, God will change your heart and replace that old heart with a new heart of love and compassion. Can I get a witness here? Can replace that old heart with a new heart of love and compassion. Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. When you become a Christian, you will see people and things differently. Can I get a witness? When you become a Christian, uh uh-huh, it's true. I told you, when I became a Christian, I literally saw things differently. Now, keep in mind, I had been doing drugs since I was nine years old. So when I became a Christian, I was 21 years old, and I um, remember... um, the very next morning, I became a Christian on a Saturday night. And the very next morning, I was going to church. And I remember, I've told you guys this, I remember I looked at the brown dirt and I started crying because I had never seen brown dirt. Um, not like that. Uh, I looked at the grass and the sky was blue. I never seen a blue sky. Now, if you're high on drugs all the time, through junior high and high school, I don't remember either. Praise God, I graduated on time. And uh, I don't remember either. But when you've been on drugs all your life and then God set me free, God broke the chains. I am telling you, that I've been to drug rehab. I am telling you, I've been to all the A's, uh, AA, NA, AAA. I've been to all the A's. I've been through everything that man had to offer. Only God can set you free like that. And when God sets you free like that, you see stuff different. Am I right about it? You see everything different. When you become a Christian, out with the old, in with the new. When you become a Christian, God gives you a new life and a new heart. And Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, you must be renewed inwardly. You must receive a new heart and a new nature, or you must be born again. The word born again means the Spirit of God has come and take up residence in you. And because of that, there is a radical change in you. Listen to me close. When the Spirit of God comes and takes up residence in you and gives you a new heart, it is impossible for there not to be a change in you. It is impossible. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Anybody? It is impossible. You know, we hear people, you know, say things like, you know, well, were they a Christian? And they go, well, you know, um, then listen, you always know when you say, were they a Christian? And they start off with, well, you know, um, <laughs> well, um, I don't know. They, they made a profession one time, but there was, well, did they ever go to church? No, not really. Did they change their life? No, not really. But we don't know whether they were a Christian or not. Listen, I know. I'm telling you right now, I know. It is impossible for the Spirit of God to come live in you and you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit and there be no change in your life. Somebody once said, the way I used to walk, I don't walk that way anymore. The way I used to talk, I don't talk that way anymore. I used to curse like a sailor and now I use my lips to praise the Savior. Amen. I try to make a rhyme. I try to make a rhyme. Curse like a sailor, praise the Savior. Y'all ain't know I can rap, did y'all? Y'all don't want this? 
I used to do this, but now I do that because the Spirit of God is living within me, and it is impossible for the Spirit of God, for God himself, y'all ain't hear me, for God himself to come and take up residence in you, and you go on about your merry little life and live it the way you always live it. That's impossible. That's impossible. That's impossible. When, when God comes to live within you, everything changes. Like I said, out with the old, in with the new. That's just the way it is. Because God changes you from the inside out. And you don't even look the same. I've seen people. I've seen myself. I've seen people. They give their life to Jesus Christ. They don't even look the same. Their eyes ain't the same. The way they talk is not the same. The way they, the disposition, their body. Y'all anybody know what I'm talking about. Their body language is not the same. You know, they used to be walking like this. Now they're walking like this. Jesus in my life. Jesus. <laughs> Everything's just different. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The new birth, listen, it's not like the makeup that a mortician puts on a corpse to make it look new or more lifelike. I like that. I'll say it again. The new birth is not like the makeup that a mortician puts on a corpse to make it look new or more lifelike. That's religion. Religion is mortician makeup. Works is mortician makeup. Changing your ways is mortician makeup. Tithing to the church and your heart is not connected to God is mortician makeup. Coming to church and your heart is not right with God is mortician makeup. You just clocking in your time. God wants you to be here because it's important for you to come together as the body of Christ and worship him. That's why. And anything less than that is mortician makeup. The new birth is the creation of spiritual life, not the imitation of life. The Bible teaches you must receive a brand spanking new life, not a patched up, made up imitation of life. Point number three, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. The third thing that happens when you become a Christian is that you are baptized into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 and 13. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slaves or free, Whether black or white, we've all been made to drink of the one and same spirit. Paul, listen, isn't talking about water baptism. That's next Sunday. He's talking about spirit baptism. Paul's talking about a common immersion in the spirit that all believers have which bring them into the body of Christ. In other words, the very moment a person gives their life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes them out of this world of sin and darkness and places them into the body of Christ. Don't you understand? That's what's happening when an altar call is happening. And that's why it's important. I don't get it these days. People start walking out when churches have, I've heard this from other pastors and seen it for myself. People start walking out doing altar call. It's almost like, what? You don't get it, do you? You must not get it. Don't you understand when there's an altar call going on that stuff is happening in the spirit realm? 
Don't you understand that when the pastor's preaching and calling for souls to come to God, that's not the time for you to get up out of your chair and leave. That's the time for you to sit there, Christian, and pray and ask the Spirit of the Lord to cover this place because Satan's not happy when people are coming to know Jesus. He's not happy. He's trying to do everything he can to distract everything from the preacher to the pews. That ain't the time to get up and leave. I've seen people leaving doing altar call. It's like, you're getting up leaving and you leaving like this. Where my people at? Y'all know what I'm talking about? When you leave, y'all know what I'm talking about? You leave church, you go. It's like, wait a minute. What, you think you're not drawing attention to yourself? Of course you are. Your finger's up. You're like, you're, that's, that means I'm leaving quietly and reverently. There ain't nothing reverent about your finger, your index finger being up. I'm reverently leaving. Sit down. Sit down, sit back. And wait and pray. Because spiritual stuff is happening. Come on, clap your hands. Come on. Because spiritual stuff is happening. The people are being placed into the body of Christ. They're becoming a part of the family of God. They become part of something much bigger than themselves. Pentecostals, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Baptists, Catholic, all those who have put their trust in Jesus are members of one body. And let's not be that kind of people that discriminates and segregates. And we look at those people like, you know, they don't really know God. You know, well, if you're Catholic, you can't really be a Christian. You can't really be saved because, after all, I mean, they, you know, the whole Mary thing and, you know, all the uh, statues and the glass windows and all that, you can't really be saved. Listen, if you know Jesus, if he is your Lord and Savior, if you put your faith and your trust in him and gave your heart to Jesus and you trust him with your life, you are a believer. I don't care if you're Presbyterian, Catholic, Calvary Chapelite. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Methodist, Episcopalian, Baptist, Pentecostal, Baptocostal. I don't care who you are. If you know Jesus, that's what saves you. Denominations don't save you. Your denominational affiliation does not save you. When are we going to get that? You can go to a Bible teaching church and sit here all day long and not be saved. What does your denomination have to do with your salvation? Zippo, nothing. Nothing, honey. Do you know Jesus? Are you born again? That's what's important. We need to move forward. Fourth point, and finally, the Holy Spirit seals your salvation. Come on, go with me to Ephesians. Ephesians, turn in your Bibles. Come on. Ephesians, go quick. Ephesians chapter 1. Go to Ephesians. So, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. If you go to Philippians, you're going too far. Colossians, you're going too far. Come back. Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. I always remember that like G-E-P-C. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I remember it like girls eat peas and corn. I don't know why I remember it that way, but it has always been in my head that way since I've been a Christian. So I remember it. That's how I know. I can't, like, uh, somewhere I can't go get the books of the Bible. But I got to, like, make a relationship with them. So girls eat peas and corn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Galatians. Look at Galatians uh, chapter, uh, pardon me, Ephesians chapter 
1. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and look at verse 13. We're talking about the Holy Spirit seals your salvation, yes? Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In him, you're looking at verse 13, say amen. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who, verse 14, is the guarantee of what, saints? Our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Let me have your attention. The first three chapters, really, really quickly, let's cover this. The first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul talks about the wealth of the believer. We are chosen, adopted, accepted, forgiven according to the riches of his grace. And then here in uh, verse 13 of chapter 1, notice Paul tells us that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. God sent his spirit to bring salvation and regeneration. God sent his spirit to give us a new heart and a new life. God sent his spirit to make us one in the body of Christ. And God sent the Holy Spirit as a seal upon us and a guarantee. God has put his identifying mark on us. It's the Holy Spirit. Now look at me really quickly. You have to get this. Every believer reading this letter to Ephesus would completely understand what Paul is saying when he talks about being sealed. The city of Ephesus was a major seaport of Asia. Merchandise came through Ephesus from all over the world. Roman merchants would come to Ephesus and shop and buy. And then they would take their item, they would wrap it and seal it um, with hot wax. They would drip the hot wax on the package and stamp it with a signet ring and make the imprint in the wax. The imprint in the wax was a seal of ownership. Then they would take the item and send it UPS to Rome. A Roman would send the servant, <laughs> a Roman would send the servant to pick up the package. Now watch this. The servant would have the signet ring, or it's like an ID, to match the seal on the item, and that would allow him to pick up the package. The Bible teaches that we were in the slave market of sin. And when Jesus died, he purchased our salvation, and now we belong to him. The Bible says you are not your own. Did you know that? You are not your own. You don't belong to you. You belong to God. He purchased you. First uh, Corinthians chapter 6 tells us, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you, you, what saints, are not your own, for you were what? Bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's. You belong to Jesus. You are his package. He purchased us and sealed us, and that sealing is a guarantee or a down payment that he's coming to get us and to take us home with him. Anybody glad about that? I'm glad about that. This word guarantee, write this down. This word guarantee also translates earnest, like in earnest money. Now show of hands. Remember the days of layaway? Show of hands. Come on, y'all. Remember the days of layaway? I miss those days. Those were awesome days where you would lay away. Y'all, young folks, listen. Listen, young folks. Many, many moons ago, there was this process of purchasing things called layaway or earnest money, or putting a down payment on something. 
and people would buy things on time, layaway, and you put down earnest money. In other words, if you bought something, you would put down some money. The money was a commitment that I intended to complete the transaction. In other words, I was putting money down because I'm coming back to get my stuff, whatever that stuff is. God says, I love you so much that I put a deposit down. The deposit is the Holy Spirit, which means I'm going to carry that transaction to the end or I'm going to come back to get my stuff. Do you know his stuff is you? His stuff is me. We belong to him. He says he's going to come back. The Holy Spirit is a deposit and that God is going to come back because we are his valuable possession. And let me tell you something. Side note, that's why I believe the Bible teaches eternal security. That's why I don't believe, let me say it another way. That's why I don't believe you can lose your salvation. Because if you could lose your salvation, then God would have to forfeit his down payment of the Holy Spirit. And he won't do that. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And he won't do that. Let me read you something. I'll close. Let you go get your chicken sandwich. The story is of this wealthy but miserly lady. Not a funny story, but a poignant story. Listen, of this miserly lady who lived in New England early this century. When electricity came to her part of the country, she was among the first to sign up, and people in the area was amazed. Well, the reader, the meter reader, was surprised the first time he came out to see how much electricity she had used. He wondered if the meter was broken. He went and knocked on the door and asked her if everything was okay and if her electricity was all right, and she told him it was. He said, well, I was just wondering. It didn't seem like you used much. And she said, oh, I don't. When the sun goes down, I turn on the lamp just long enough to light my oil lamp, and then I turn it off. And I read that, and I thought, you know, a lot of Christians live like this elderly, miserly lady. They have the fullness of the power of God living within them. And they live like a miser, they almost allow the Spirit of God to just kind of trickle in their life. Almost that, you know, I'm just saved just enough to get into heaven just before the gate closed. Some of y'all can get into heaven just before the gate closed. I'm just trying to help you. Just, y'all going to get, whoa! <laughs> Ooh, praise the Lord! Hallelujah! Thank you! Thank you! Ooh, just got in. Some of y'all. Because... You're living your life with just a trickle of the Holy Spirit. Don't you realize that when God saved you, he put the Holy Spirit in you, and now you have all the power of God living within you, and I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. There's nothing I can't do that if Christ is with me, I can do all things through Christ, and I I don't have to be depressed. I'm trying to help somebody. I don't have to be, be defeated. I don't have to be uh, discouraged. Huh? You don't have to be discouraged. Sometimes you can't get the pastor on the phone. You can't get an assistant pastor on the phone. You can't get the secretary on the phone. But you got Jesus living within you, the power of God living within you. You don't need to get anybody on the phone. What you need to do is go to a mirror, look at yourself and say, self, be encouraged. Self, The power of God is living within me, self. God has blessed me, self. God is with me, 
Sometimes, where my Christians at? Sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Let me write about it. Sometimes you encourage yourself in the Lord because you can't get the pastor on the phone. You can't get the, the, the uh, assistant pastors on the phone. Pastor Matt won't, don't answer his phone. And uh, <laughs> you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Let me tell you something. If you don't know how to encourage yourself in the Lord, it's going to be a tough road. Because you, if you know this, then you take this and put it in here, and now you've got the power of God living within you. The Word of God is the power of God unto salvation. Right? And so you, you live according to that, and you allow God's Word to, to work in you, and you walk in the fullness and the power of of God. The Holy Spirit regenerates a man, saves us. The Holy Spirit gives us a new heart. The Holy Spirit baptizes you in the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit seals your salvation so we can be confident that Jesus is coming back to get his stuff. He's coming back to get us, to get his stuff. Am I right about it? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.